Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. The final topic that Aristotle discusses in chapter 10 of the categories is the truth values or the truth and the falsity of opposite statements and of opposites. And he has some very interesting things to say about this that ended up having some fairly important implications for logic later on down the line. So what are we talking about here? Well, we're talking about statements logoi being true or false. And Aristotle says, when it comes to affirmations and denials, look, these are statements. So not only are statements either true or false, but when it comes to affirmations and denials, one of them has to be true and the other one has to be false. We don't necessarily know which one of them is actually true and which one of them is false, but we can take it for granted that one of them is true and one of them actually is false. Now, Aristotle then says we can't say the same thing about the other three types of opposition taken per se. So, for example, correlatives on their own are not either true or false. Neither are contraries on their own, either true or false, nor are positives and privations on their own, either true or false. Why not? Well, he gives you some examples that, that I think drive this home. Health and disease are contraries, right? Health isn't true. Disease isn't false. They only become true or false in this sense, when we put them into statements. So we say such and such is healthy or such and such is diseased. Or when we say health is a good thing, we make health the subject rather than the predicate, right? When we do those sorts of things, now we're placing them into the framework of statements. We're in effect making affirmations or sometimes denials. And so those can be true or false, but health and disease by themselves can't be true or false. It's not that sort of thing. He says, think about correlatives, double and half. Double and half aren't true or false. But if I say that this book has double the length of some other book, now we've got something that could be either true or false, right? And if we are saying this book is double the length of some other book, and then we've got, you know, the denial, this book is not double the length of some other book, one of those statements is true or false, right? But double or, or half, not by itself true or false. Same thing with privatives, he says, blindness and sight. Aristotle says, to sum up, unless words are combined, true and false can have no application. They just don't, they're not an issue yet. Now, he says, when words that are contraries constitute parts of those statements opposed as affirmative and negative, right? Then these would especially seem to lay claim to this characteristic. And what we want to think about as we move into that and as we think about positives and privations is we've got statements, right? Statements are linguistic expressions or perhaps expressions in, in thought as well. And it'll say, for example, Socrates is A or Socrates is B. We're not worrying about Socrates. 
Socrates is not A as we would with affirmative and denial. We're talking about opposites. So Socrates is white, Socrates is black, Socrates is sick, Socrates is healthy, Socrates is hot, Socrates is cold, Socrates blah, 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 right? We can come up with all sorts of examples. Socrates is good, Socrates is bad. Now we've run through most of Aristotle's examples of, of contraries in this section. What we're really talking about here is A being the opposite of B, right? And then we're wondering whether A and B are opposed in language the way that they appear to be in terms of being. So what does Aristotle say? Here's where it gets really, really interesting. The statement that Socrates is ill is the contrary of Socrates as well. It makes sense, right? But he says we cannot say here, even here, that one statement must always be true and the others must always be false. Why not? Well, if Socrates really exists, one is true and the other false. If there really is chalk, we can say chalk is white. But if there is no chalk, Aristotle's saying, something else applies. We have to look at things in a different way. He says, if Socrates does not exist, both the one and the other are false. This is an interesting way to frame it, isn't it? Socrates is healthy. Socrates is diseased or ill. If Socrates exists, then one of them is true and one of them is false. If Socrates does not exist, both of them are false. Another option that we could have said is, well, then neither one of them is, is true or false, right? But Aristotle says, no, both of them are false. Both of them are asserting something falsely. Why? Built into this is an implication that when you say something in the affirmative, you are saying that something does exist. This is what we call the problem that crops up in, in logic, existential implication, right? We're not going to go too much into that here, but I just want to point out that that is the issue here. So what Aristotle's doctrine is in the categories is if you're talking about non-existent things, the whole statement is false. So we might think about fictional universes, for example. Let's assume that Achilles didn't exist. Achilles is brave. Achilles is a coward. Both of those are false. We could say under the assumption that Achilles does exist, one of those has to be true and the other false. But if Achilles does not exist, they're both false. That's the way Aristotle says we handle contraries. What does he say about other things? For example, privations. Here, he says something quite interesting. He says, if the subject is not in existence, then neither proposition is true. If the subject exists, even then one will not be true always and one false. Why not? That Socrates has sight, for example, is the opposite of Socrates is blind in the same sense in which opposite was used applied to privation and possession. Okay, so sight, blind, right? Socrates is sight, Socrates is blind. If Socrates really exists, Aristotle says, it's not of necessity the case that one statement is true and false. For he may not as yet have arrived at the stage when a man acquires sight, so that both of the statements are false as they are if he does not exist. Aristotle is treating the sort of things that come under privations and positives as if they're talking about non-existent things analogously to that, saying, look, the statement is false because it's not the sort of thing that you would expect that thing to have. Sight and blindness doesn't really work well for this, but having a beard and not having a beard, having rationality, not having rationality. Those could work for it. 
Aristotle says that statements about positives and privatives before that thing should actually have the positive, the lack of which would constitute the privative. If you're talking about the thing before that, those statements, both of them opposed to each other, are false. So interestingly, although with affirmations and denials, one of the statements must be true and the other statement must be false, when it comes to these other things like privation and positives and contraries to each other, it could be the case that both of the statements are false and that both of the statements are false precisely because you're talking about something that either doesn't exist or something that should not yet have that positive state. So this is a very interesting set of commitments on Aristotle's part, not ones that we necessarily have to accept, but that is what his position is. So we want to be clear about it. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.